right. Uh, Jolanta and Joe, uh, it's dedication time, so we don't begin an episode till the guest gets to dedicate it to whatever they like. So if you want to do it collectively or individually, whatever you like, uh, get to dedicate the show. So what would you like to dedicate it to? Well, I would like to dedicate this interview to my entire family who have always supported my dreams, you know, becoming a filmmaker. So thank hey. you guys. Nice. Are they going to be listening? Um, maybe they actually don't even have no idea I'm even doing this interview, so I'll have, so I'll have to I'll have to share it with them later. But, yeah. but hey, once you guys listen, you know, it's, this is, thank you. This is for you. Thank you for listening. All right, Jolanta. I'd like to dedicate this to my late great uncle Freddie Kassoon, who was in acting and directing in theater back home in the Caribbean. Unfortunately, he passed away, and it's the reason why I do this. Well, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. He seems like a big inspiration. He was. <laughs> I, I barely got to meet him, but entertainment just runs deep in my family. I've got lots of entertainers, so it's... It's, it's in your DNA. It's in my DNA. <laughs> yeah. You got it. You said it right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Nick and uh, before we get to Jolanta and Joe uh, a couple things I have a couple announcements to make uh, first off I will be at LionCon this year LionCon uh, which is a geek counterculture convention for uh, role play games board games anime cosplay um, podcasts and uh, uh, comic books and I'll be up there promoting my comic book the Green Way. I'll be selling copies of that, as well as up there promoting my podcast. This podcast, the St. Paul Filmcast. Um, so um, hopefully, I will see a lot of my listeners up there. It's always nice to see listeners and fans of the show, as well as fans of my comic book. Uh, second of all, my niece Ruby is in South St. Paul Show Choir, and they are looking for donations for Show Choir. So I will put the website for them. If you're interested in to contrib- contribute to Show Choir, they are looking for donations and greatly um, interested. They do have a pay scale up, and um, if you're interested, please consider donating to the South St. Paul Show Choir. Uh, thank you. Jolanta and Joe, thanks for coming, man. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate right. appreciate being here. I yeah, know we're, me too. We've I, th- I don't know. I'm gonna have to say to Joe too. I think I've run into many different premieres. Also, I think <laughs> yeah. you guys we see each other. You guys look familiar yeah. faces, and we see each other. So it's nice actually to hang on and talk. Yeah. Did you go to the scream it off competition at one point? I haven't made one yet. I've I've I feel bad because Nelly runs those, uh-huh. and yeah, I've she always does. Yeah, yeah, and I've always say yeah I'll be there, and then something <laughs> will interrupt my day and I can't make it. Yeah, because I I feel like I've seen you too. I just I can't <laughs> it's one of those things we've all been in the same him. clicks, so we just never get to see each other. <laughs> and there is another scream screaming off screen coming up pretty soon yeah. next yes month. September, yeah. Yeah. are you interested in go- are you probably going to be there oh definitely I mean I mean I was going to do it the f- like uh, last month but unfortunately I missed the uh, deadline well the mark because like only 15 people are allowed to uh, put submit some, their stuff yeah, yeah. And unfortunately I arrived too late for that but it, it just shows just how popular the competition is growing so I just you know I just got to make it there like much earlier yeah. it's, it's free isn't it no, well, yeah, but you see, 
submission is free. See, but that's to why attend as, a, <laughs> to, to attend as a viewer, I think you have to pay in, right? Yeah. Plus, you know, there's a cash prize at the end, so that's always good. Got to get those incentives, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, I'll be there. <laughs> and you guys, how did you guys meet? Uh, we uh, met two yeah. years ago now. Yeah, 2017. Uh, I got hired to do a music video for for this guy named Dante Patel, Dante. and he's a really cool guy. I'm actually working on an animated music video for him right now. Like a full feature, or is it going to be a short kind of a? It's a it's a short, but it's like but it's like a four minute song, and I'm like doing all the animation for it right now. So. Would it be eventually on your YouTube channel? Eventually, well, probably his YouTube channel. Oh, but his, his, okay. But it'll be up there eventually. But anyway, so she was actually one of the cast members for that. I was an extra on the music video. Yeah. Well, Were you? Well, <laughs> yes, she, I was. <laughs> I would say she was a, a full cast member because she appears a lot in the song anyway. So. And also producer, executive producer. Yeah. So you weren't just background. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, you know, it was after that we, you know, we started collaborating on a lot more projects. Like the first project we actually collaborated on after music video was in January mm-hmm. last year when I was her cinematographer slash editor for her short film. Z Fest. Okay, yeah. for the Z Fest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was called Broken. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's interesting because you see. Like when we had when I had to edit it for Z Fest, I had to like take away all this footage that I thought was like really like important to the film, but because of all the restraints that the Z Fest has, it had to be cut out. But but eventually, but after that, I you know re edited it with more more of the footage, and I think it came out better that way. Yeah, the extended version is a lot better. Yeah. Okay, so like Z Fest has a limitation to how long it can be, yes. and how much time you have yeah. to make the movies. Seven so minutes exactly. Yeah. Seven minutes. No exactly. less. There's a lot no of more. Rest- restrictions <laughs> yeah. on yeah. getting your movie, yeah. and I think you know you have to edit. It's nice to edit back, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of add, it's nice to. It's nice. <laughs> always nice to cut instead of add features. But it looks mm-hmm. like it was kind of a nice learning experience for both here right for doing that mm-hmm. it was for me because it was my first real film competition I've ever entered I knew nothing about I, mean, I knew about Z-Fest through friends who have yeah. entered but to enter it myself I was like what am I getting myself into <laughs> outside because it's very hard to find movies that's submitted to film festivals is that how would the public be able to find Broken it's on Joseph's YouTube. I know that for now, and I will be uploading it to my own page. I'm hopefully going to have it posted to my website once it all once it's all done. Okay. Yeah. And is it good? Is it going to be? Would if the public sees it? Is it going to be the Z Fest edition or the one that you prefer? The the one I pref- we both prefer. Yeah, probably okay. Joseph's version. It's okay. already been it's been screened at the Whitberry time. We were lucky to do um, Nathan Block did a autumn. We did a conjoined autumn fall film festival was kind of like the first kind nice. of its own yeah where you could just come make a donate a small can food can donation to get you know see films and broken was actually one of them that got screened and we were lucky was it at nathan's movie theater it was with very time because nathan yeah. he's a filmmaker but yes, i think he owns another a movie theater mm-hmm. he yeah. sure does with yeah. the very time yes yeah yeah <laughs> and so outside of broken um and you guys meeting together you also did uh, did did you collaborate for the movie Jackpot? He actually jumped on as editor in sound after it was already completed. I had some major sound issues with Jackpot. Okay. Um, when it was screened, that was a major issue that happened at the 50-50 from what I was told. I wasn't here 
when it was screened, I was actually in LA at the time. So Oh, you you big movie star. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to get out of Minnesota at some point. <laughs> so I was working down there while it was being filmed here screened here and sound was one of the main issues. So I had I had asked Joe if he could re edit and do the sound for me. So yeah. it's like the movie terminology is he came in at, at post production. Post production, yeah. yep. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you and I'll, I'll just kind of start with Joe. How did you get fascinated with doing film? How did oh, this kind of start out, or you always been wanted to do it. Well, I mean, I guess my earliest interest in film was when I saw the film Disney's Tarzan in theaters back in 1999. Uh, it was like the first time I ever been to a movie theater, and it was I was in awe by like by the auditorium. Like there was like so many seats. There was this big screen and. Yeah. You know, like once the preview started, I was like amazed because there was like this big picture and sound quality and everything. And, you know, like as soon as the movie ended, I just wanted to go right back and see another film. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you see, that's where my, that's, I guess that's where my love for film watching began. My, you know, my, and my, in, my interest in it like really started there. But I guess my, when I really, when I realized when I want, to become a filmmaker is when I saw the film Be Kind Rewind, which is I don't know if you heard of that, but it stars Jack Black and yeah. uh, Moss Def. I think it was like a literally two thousand film. Right? Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah, but still early for me. I'm old. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I yeah. For all for all those listening who yeah. don't know what that film is about, it's about these two guys who like work at a, a video a video store where they have like VHSs and everything and yeah. see Jack Black's character uh, at one point gets magnetized like through some weird stuff and uh, accidentally erases all the tapes inside the video store and him and Moss Def had to recreate all these iconic movies and just in a span of 20 minutes put it into the blank tapes <laughs> right? yeah <laughs> And see, by the end, they make their own their own feature length uh, uh, semi documentary about this jazz uh, uh, singer, piano uh, pianist, and uh, at the end, they get like this huge uh, huge applause from these people, like like from the town. It's, yeah. But what I thought was really amazing about that film is that like how these two guys got this whole community to come together and work on this 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 uh, material you know they all contributed they all you know added something and they all got to see it come to life at the end you know like they were watching it and they got to see what they created together and it's and they really and they show and they saw at the end just how much love they got for it and it just and it just made me think you know, that's, I want that, you know? I want to have that experience. I know someone to interview a lot of filmmakers. There's this one little spark that just sends them, you mm-hmm. know, it's a certain movie. It's mm-hmm. not really a movie. It's like a certain part of a movie. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, I want to do that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, because it was yeah. at that point where it was like, I could do that. I could make, I could do something like that for, right. for a low budget. I can, you know, make something my own and show it to people, you know? So, yeah, it was at that point at the age of you know, 12, I, want to after i saw that film i want to be a filmmaker you know i don't know if you because you mentioned be kind um be was be be kind rewind Mm -hmm. if you have seen the movie high fidelity 
I I know about familiar. it. Yeah, you know yeah. about it. It's almost like Jack Black. This is, Becoming Rewind is almost a sequel to High Fidelity because he's doing the same thing. He's a clerk at a record store. Yeah, it's like oh, a retro. That's know, right. Yeah, and then it's almost like he's building himself up to make his own music by being in the record store. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was for for you, Jolanda? Hmm. Just a collective small <laughs> little pieces of stuff, or was it one big thing that made you? Because he cited your uncle as an inspiration. To yeah, so while in the Caribbean, my dad was a camera operator for one of our TV stations. I'd always been around a camera most of my life. So to me, that was always captivating to see, you know, how things were just brought to life in front of a camera. And um, I picked up, I didn't pick up a camera until I was in high school. So I was always like the go-to photographer in high school, like for events and everything. And that's where I kind of, out of photography, came from my love for filmmaking. And uh, several several years before I even dove into becoming a short filmmaker or hopefully would love to embark on a film feature in the future, I told my husband we were watching, we love to watch movies, and we went to the Woodbury Ted, actually. We were sitting there <laughs> five or six years ago, and I can't remember what Oscar movie we were watching. And... I said, you know what, honey? I'm going to see my name on those big screen credits someday. And that someday actually happened for me on an indie set that I was on for House of Tomorrow that was filmed here through Sundance. So it was like a great experience to get to work with Oscar actors and being on a real film feature set and getting out. And and I was like, I don't know if I'd do this forever, but (laughs) this is kind of cool. And I started making my own short, but a couple years later... And my first short film was making um, Who Killed Red was supposed to be about a detective going to find Red Riding Hood, my own okay. spin on that. And that was my first uh, Halloween 50-50 several years ago. And then are you comfortable doing, you like to be in behind the camera instead of I do. Front, yes. front a little yes. bit? Yes, yeah. yes. That's more my world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the behind the camera is more my world because that's where I get to see things come alive and then I get to share with my friends and family. That that's the best experience for me is my friends and family getting to see my work and yeah. And I, I just going back in a little bit of history because you do still photography. I do. And then you're on a lot of times you're on set even though you're not on the crew, but you're still taking pictures and stuff like that. So I do. You you are almost constantly on a film set, almost kind of weekly. I wouldn't say weekly, maybe monthly. Sometimes okay. it all depends on if. If somebody's asking me for help, if they need a crew member that they're missing, like say, do you know someone that you can refer for sound? You know, someone that could do lighting. Yeah, I'm fortunate to have a film crew that's willing and ready to work like Joseph here, who <laughs> I've referred. Joseph can probably tell you I've referred him multiple jobs. Yeah. I refer yeah. multiple jobs to a lot of people that I know that can maybe get a gig. If I could help, that's what I do. I always, uh, the one of the saying I always tell students is, um, you know, if you hang around a barbershop, eventually you're going to get a haircut. Exactly. <laughs> that's you it. You hang around yeah. a film set, eventually they're gonna, they'll put you to work. Yeah. That's right. That's how I feel. I, yeah. I have some casting background. I was a casting intern. And ever since, I was like, you know, I should be a film scout for filmmakers because there's yeah. doesn't feel like there's a lot of people that do that for filmmaking, for crew members here. And then one of the emphasis, and especially for a lot of listeners who are listening all around the world and they want to do their own movie, I, um, I want to emphasize it's a collaborative thing. Yes. You may have your own vision, but you have to work as a team yes. in the variety aspect. Not only that, mm-hmm. you have to be familiar, with, I think, with 
all aspects of movies. Yes, or some of it at least. A little, a little, no, a little movie knowledge. A little movie knowledge, right. I think if people think, I want to be a director, I'm just going to do that, and that's going to be my job. I think you should be familiar with all different oh, aspects. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean, uh, the first, I mean, the first uh, film job I ever had was uh, being a production assistant back in Arizona for this uh, video pitch. Sure. For a feature-length cool. film involving puppets, <laughs> yeah, it was a small crew. It's like stop animation? Uh, no puppets. Oh, just real. Okay, actual like puppets. Okay, like, yeah. Like, anyway, so <laughs> so I was a production assistant, and I got to work with this like small crew, like, and they were like doing everything, and usually it was like these these guys was usually like fine in like the credits that roll up and like the name would pass by quickly but you could see just how hard they were working like to make they were working like to make sure the scene that they were going to film went well and it just it gave me a, a great perspective like on how much the um how much the crew is important to like to the to the entire film not just it's the a, tiny it, parts just it's a little surprising not, not, not yeah. just the big parts but the tiny ones as well you know yeah because it's it's a little surprising how people think you know one scene that you only mm-hmm. see five minutes of and you're like that took two weeks to do right or something like that and people don't understand like when i'm making my comic book one page maybe took me 10 hours to make right. something that you only you read for like graphics. two minutes and you, yeah but it took me 10 hours to make mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand that translate of all the hard work doesn't really equal <laughs> what you get to see right yeah. sometimes it's sleepless nights that you oh, don't know gosh. or sometimes when you're writing your script it's like did i just really write that did that make any sense to me when i was writing it and, some, <laughs> and sometimes when you're editing a video you wonder can I add more or right. or can I finally just go to bed? <laughs> and usually and usually no, you don't go to bed. You stay up all night and pulling your hair out, screaming uh, to Stressing. the roof, screaming to the ceiling like why? Because yeah. <laughs> we're all I mean, I think for, for creative people and artistic people, it doesn't really end. Even though you're done and you stop, there's no. always something about that you always want to. If I went, if I did that movie now, I would change this. And what this would this. I do differently? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I and the famous thing I learned about was Picasso would actually buy back his paintings and rework them. Really? <laughs> really? He became famous. Yeah. Wow. He would actually mm-hmm. like because he would sell it for a million. Wow. Then he became so famous and a millionaire, he would actually buy back his paintings <laughs> and rework them. And sell. Because huh. it bothered him so much. He's like, even though it's sold, I right. still, uh, to me, it's... <laughs> it's all about, well, it's a perfectionism thing. That's, that's, that's the curse is yeah. Yeah. when you're, when you're trying to perfect something and you, yeah. you watch, you go watch newer people coming. Like for me, I'm, I'm doing photography over 12 years and I see new people coming in. It's like, come on, I didn't have this technology when I started. I was on film camera. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hard though, because I, I mean, you, you at one point you had to just step back and say, "I'm good," mm-hmm. but you what you don't really know where that point is. True. You know, very true. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. And I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever met a creative person who said, "Well, I peaked here." It's always like they're looking for something new. It's almost like right. something yeah. adventure. That was like that was they never say that was my greatest thing. Right. Their fans would tell them, right? Right. I, right. Fans, hey, that was the best thing you ever did. I swear, every time I watch one of my films, like, yeah. like, screen, like, somewhere, I'm just like, 
oh, I feel like I could have done that better. I feel, <laughs> I feel uh, a, maybe if I go back and change that, you know. Like, there's always this constant nagging in your head, like, yeah, why yeah. did I do that? Why did I take that? Or mm-hmm. yep. why? Yep. <laughs> I remember a long time ago I read that Tim Burton always vomits before he goes to his own film premieres. Yeah. Really? He just gets wow. so worked up and he can't. Oh, the anxiety. And, he's always, yeah, the only, and he sits in the lobby. He never sits in the, with the audience. Oh, me. me oh, I, 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 honestly, I'd probably be the exact same way. I, mean, <laughs> I sit in the back of the row so no one can see me. Yeah. That's where I sit. <laughs> I mean, for, for a film I'm really nervous about, I always just like. I tend like to stand up or like sit like somewhere like in a corner or have my hands in the back of my head like oh god please please like it oh, oh please don't think this part's weird or anything yeah. or awkward yeah I, are you can you watch your own works sometimes I can if I think it's good enough like I'll, I'll go back and I'll watch Broken or if I'm having kind of a down day maybe I'll watch Jackpot to kind of enlighten me a little bit yeah and i also wrote i was trying to attempt a tv series my first one and i thought it went pretty well but then at the end when i looked at it i go i can't watch this anymore (laughs) i tried was it something i worked on it was glitch Oh yes. yeah, that one. Uh, uh, the last set about that one. The yes. <laughs> so, what is something that you think is more natural for you, photography or writing? I think both, because okay. I think both the worlds kind of balance out themselves. And some of same with filmmaking, because when I'm behind the camera or when I'm getting to do, I also DP, so I do cinematography sometimes. Okay, which is something a lot of people don't know about me, which I would like them to. And um, I love. Well, you just have to drive around with your car and <laughs> like, say, "Cinematographer for hire." <laughs> <DP> for hire. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm so, I'm self-taught, but I still learn a lot of things on my own. All YouTube things, and for me, like I said, the best of both worlds—they balance out each other quite a lot. I think. For but me. you demonstrate that your your whole life been a camera's mm. been within camera's been a five feet radius yeah. or with you so it's kind of like a natural environment for you so yeah mm-hmm. yeah. I just go to my dad and say hey dad got any tips for me how to do this <laughs> and he's, he's pretty he's it's a teachable moment for me so I, yeah. I still ask him things till this day how is it for you with writing with you Joe writing yeah um you know it, it's interesting um cause usually I when I think of when I think of a idea for a for a film or like a TV show or whatever, I usually try to think of like the setting first, you know. Because, uh, f- for instance, uh, one of the short films I made w- is called "The Locker Room Mascot Massacre," <laughs> which is, which is <laughs> yes, it's it's this dark comedy about these mascots who kill another mascot to gain uh, fame, like in their lives as mascots. <laughs> it's it's on my YouTube channel if, if, if you want to watch it. But yeah, see, how did you get the mascot outfits? Oh, I bought them on. Okay, okay. Okay. Anyway, so, so I, so when I think of an idea like that, I try to like I think of the setup first, yeah, you know, and everything, and then I think about the characters of who they are, how they would like what care what what characters would I see that would fit inside this universe, mm-hmm. you know? So you, you, I think it sounds like you almost set it the parameter first, mm-hmm. and then you set it the outside, then work yeah. in. Yes, exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
For me, for me, I draw from my real life a lot. Like I love writing comedy and dramedies. Uh-huh. I like to go off the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if if it's a serious topic, um, when I'm writing, sometimes I like to mock myself in my <laughs> in my shorts, mm-hmm. and I don't mind. It's because it's a it's somewhat therapeutic. Okay, yeah, the way that I see it. I think if the writing is always there, I think everybody should actually do it. Yeah, and I encourage everybody if you're you know to always write and I. Me on my endeavor to writing my own comic book, and I'd never written anything before. I kind of, I've always illustrated before, but the writing, oh my gosh, it was such a. It's hard. It is hard. Instead of just writing exposition and make these people feel like they really do exist, right? It's always a struggle, right? One thing I, one thing I, I hate though is when people tell you how to write a script though yeah i mean i took a screenwriting class like uh like when i was going to mcad and i i like there i had like this particular style of writing a screenplay and i really enjoyed it because it felt like natural to me but but then you know my teacher like i mean the guy's an expert and he's worked with a lot of cool people he's like uh don't really really write it like this don't be so descriptive like like he like this like like this guy looks like Baymax from Big Hero Six, or this guy <laughs> looks like Kev- looks like Kevin Costner from like, uh, or like from uh, some random Kevin Costner movie. I'm just like, yeah, okay, I get it, but it helps me write. It, mm-hmm. it helps me. I don't. I didn't say that to him, of course, but I'm just. It's that's what's going on in my head, you know. I think there's certain basic ideas of how to write. Right. Yeah. There's certain foundations you need to do. Right. But I think a lot of people for sacrifice style yes and i think style is kind of if it's what's natural to you and how you write i mean you know that's how you do it right? yeah yeah you know, who's going to tell aaron sorkin that's too much dialogue <laughs> exactly <laughs> you want to get wanna, you want to get you want to get kicked off set that's a good way yeah. aaron sorkin and quentin tarantino you, know, yeah. you want to tell those guys that's too much dialogue you you know, the way they do it, yeah. or you want to tell David Lynch you went way too far? You want right. to come back to reality a little bit? No, <laughs> you don't tell David Lynch for he, to stand on weirdness. All right, only David Lynch can tell you, but tell I think you it's to stand on weirdness. People—it's a neglected word, but I think yes. you want to find your style. Right, you want to find your own identity, and I yeah. think that's hard for people. They want to like, I want to yes. be that. I want that's. I see how that's being made. I want to do it like that. No, do it the way you want to do exactly. it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I had my nephews here, and they're making their monsters, and they're like going there. It's real. I want to draw this monster. Draw your own, right? <laughs> Get some ideas of how the other people do, but do, do your you own. Do, model. You. Model. Yeah. do you? Do <laughs> you? You do you, right? That's how you write. Was right. It's there's no right way yeah. to me. I don't feel like there's a right and a wrong way of writing. As long as you have a vision to bring it to life, mm-hmm. that that's right. that yeah. that should be the important part. Is the yeah. vision piece bringing that you know what you want? But it's, I think people try to emphasize too much academic. Yeah. Yes. It's, they want to get the like, but all right, set the foundations and just go off, be creative. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like when I started writing like that, it's when I got into that screenwriting class. Like that's when I found my style because prior to that, I always felt a little bit awkward when it came to screenwriting because I wasn't really exactly sure like what the setup was what? and everything. But right. but once I got into this class and my teacher taught me like about it, I just start I start to come more into my style, and once I did, they're like telling me, "No, no, no, you can't write like you shouldn't write like that." I was like, "Come on, dude!" <laughs> but I don't care. I'm gonna write. The I way think I'm all artists naturally, I think it, 
well, artists and creative people naturally want to break rules. Yeah. That's all they want. They want to break rules. Mm-hmm. You want to tell me how this is. No. Don't tell me how to do it. Just tell me what. Show I, me how to do it. Yeah. This but. is how I screen. All right. And I'll break the rules about screenwriting. Right. And then they'll teach my way. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'll say like, oh, he had a right way. That, that looks pretty right. <laughs> um, before we go to break, I want to ask you quickly, especially for writing, do you guys do outlines? Outlines? Yeah. Sometimes oh. I do. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, like For rough drafts, I'll go through like maybe two or three drafts at a time. Okay. Before I, before I finalize it. I'll have that to show to somebody else. Yeah. And I'll ask them for their feedback. Be like, hey, can you sh- let me know if this looks, what can I add on or what can I remove? Can you?" T- I'm, a, I'm also a part of a script uh, writing group. And so we meet and it's really awesome because they give me good feedback. <laughs> and that's really helpful. It is helpful. Especially, in the, you know, you can't go to family and friends because, oh, they'll, oh they'll, they'll, they'll talk, baby talk. Oh, yes. <laughs> So, Joe, do you do outlines or? Um, probably not really organi- organized sex. So, because uh, no, I, I do not. I usually have yeah. the idea in my head and the scenes in my head, and I, then yeah. I just try to write it down on, on the paper. And I mean, I do, I do write down notes of what I want to include in the script, mm-hmm. but I never, yeah. I never leave, I never have it like organized from, from beginning to end. So, I, I work, I work kind of like you do. I set up a parameter. And then I just spill it all out, and then I kind of like a puzzle. Then I yeah. kind of feel like kind of like my right. what I did with my comic book. I wrote it all on a legal pad without any mm-hmm. limitations. I just wrote this is what happens. This is what happened. Yeah. Composition book here. You know, um, <laughs> you know, I actually once got a great tip from a screenwriter who's like who's who's had a couple of films made uh, from his scripts. Is that like whenever you have like. Uh, a mental block of how you get from one scene mm. of like when you have like some scenes but you don't have them all like you have to think about like how you get from this scene to, yeah. to the next you know I always I, I just you can't I, knock them all out and then yeah. fade to black right yeah right <laughs> but I mean I just I never really thought about that before until he he told me that which yeah. I think Spe- is really cool speaking of the mental block because sometimes I get terrible writer's block because I'll be in a really great writing mood, and then all of a sudden I can't seem to want to. I, I want to write. Almost get in that area where it feels like it's writing itself. Yes. Oh, I, yeah. know. I, I want know, to write, right? but I don't want to just write mm-hmm. be, just because of writing. I want to write something that is worthy exactly. of writing. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I, I get, in, I sometimes I get like into a mood like, ooh, I got this great idea. Yeah. I should write down, and then I never do, and eventually, like, it just dies out. It just and goes away. I'm just like, oh, what have I done? Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to write it down, but something's just always preventing me from doing mm-hmm. so. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a little small bake break. Gordon, that's me. <laughs> yeah, always good to have a little. Uh, we're gonna take a little small break, and then we'll back with uh, Jolanta and Joe. From the galactic depths of the comic book universe comes the ghosts of the stratosphere, ready to galvanize and energize your mind with the latest of comic book news and reviews. And uh, why, why are you stopping me? <laughs> 
Yes, that's much better. Hi, this is Andy Larson for Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Join me every week along with my co-hosts Rob Stewart and Chad Smith as well as a cavalcade of fantastic comic book guests as we dish out heaping helpings of the greatest and latest of comic book news and reviews. New shows posted every Tuesday with bonus shows every first Friday of the month. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher under Ghosts of the Stratosphere as well as on our website www.gotstratosphere.com Hope to see you soon, folks. Um, and I was going to talk. We were talking a little bit of writing on the break, and I was going to come back to you. Do you like to do writing more, or you like to do photography more? Hmm. That's not fair. <laughs> it's kind of a balance for you guys. For me, as I, as I said earlier, it's a little, it's a little bit of balance in both of my worlds because I like to explore and take a little okay. adventure around the city. Is just kind of captivate what what's in the moment in my eye, whereas writing. I'm also in Toastmasters, so I have to write in Toastmasters. Sure. And when I have to write speeches, that's where I get my creativity the most. And um, I think writing, the same concept, I explore and writing takes me to wherever, great sure. lengths. So I'd say even balance between the two yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. You, like, you like to be, you like to do both? I, well, um, I like to, I do like to write. I just, probably just don't do it as often as I would like to but but whenever I come up with a story I like I said I do yeah. like to write it down it just doesn't have happen as often I was as I would like it to but when I'm editing I'm like really in in my realm you know right I, well there's always there's, there's fishermen that's like I just can't you know, no matter how many times they fish they said I didn't get out there very much right, right. writers always <laughs> said I don't have enough time to write right even yeah. even the, even the good writers say right, right. You know, yeah you no know, it's that's yeah. it's interesting I've once read this quote by Stephen King who says if you don't have time to read you don't have time to write so oh. and I, yeah. I have plenty of, I have I had plenty of time to read before so maybe <laughs> like maybe there's I don't know me like me I'm just being lazy or something I don't know did you ever read Stephen King. Oh yeah, I love Stephen King. You know, I've read a lot of his books, The Shining, The Stand. You know, uh, a lot of his short story. Yeah, I actually, actually I haven't read it, but I've read a lot of his short stories too. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. I mean, he's a prolific writer, mm-hmm. and um, I think he there was a they had a writers panel discussion. George R. R. Martin and Stephen King together oh, on wow. stage talking about writing, and the first thing George said to Stephen. How do you write so fast? (laughs) (laughs) I remember it being my first like real horror story I've ever seen when I was a kid. In fourth or fifth grade, they showed that at school. Well, as a kid in 1985, (laughs) that was everywhere in bookstores. Yeah, Yeah, that was a big success when it came out. I haven't read all of it, but I like 
I heard it's like a lot more horrifying, like in the book, especially like some of the material that mm-hmm. they couldn't even that they can't do like in movies or TV right. Shows. They really haven't touched on Beverly's yeah. relationship with everybody. Yeah, <laughs> let, uh, the let the less said about that, the yeah. better. But uh, but yeah. Do you have a do you have a famous author? Do you, is there a famous author that you like? Um. Well, I don't know if like um. I mean, I don't know if he's my favorite author, but my favorite book of his is probably. Uh, of all time is probably The Great Gatsby. I Ooh, I read F. that. Scott. I read that. Yeah. yeah, F. Scott Fitzgerald. I read that four times, like before. And uh, great book. Yeah, and you know I've always liked to go back and read it because I always just find it really interesting. Um, it's that it's that way of writing. You know, mm-hmm. electric hot jazz. Yeah, yellow Avant- electric Avant- hot Avant- jazz. Yeah. You get the sense right away with only like four words. You get the entire setting. Yeah, I, that's right. That's one thing. Like I really like about um, like period pieces or like the dialogue, like how everyone talks. Like during that time, I, I really like want to write a, a period piece one of these days so I can like create that like yeah. a, kind of authentic dialogue of that time. You know, you know the author Jack Kerouac who. Mm-hmm. Did the on the road? Mm-hmm. He typed out the Great Gatsby because he wanted to feel how it was like to write it. Yes. Wow, <laughs> that's right. I almost want to do it myself. I want to <laughs> sit with the book and write it myself to feel how it is yeah. to write that book. I, want to, I think F. Scott Fitzgerald is from Minnesota, or there's a Minnesota yep. connection here, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. He's from correctly. St. Paul. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You, that's right. Did you watch the film version of On the Road? Not the film version of On the Road, no. Yeah. I've seen many different versions of The Great Gatsby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Including the Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo as a Leonardo. Leonardo. I love God, I love And that. I've seen the Robert Bradford one. Yes. Yeah. The 1960s version. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the Boz Lerman version with Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, I feel like that's like 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 the best way that could have been. Because it has adapted. energy. The book has yeah. energy. It's up, up, up. And I think they wanted to put that in the movie, how it yeah. just the beats. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, a very it's, jazzy book, it's, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it, it's great. It's great. Yeah. You know, there's only like a couple places in St. Paul where I can kind of feel that, which is over on the Selby Avenue neighborhood. Yeah. Um, the Commodore, I think, has that kind of cabaret-ish type vibe to it, if you ever yeah. go to well, it. Well, you're kind of a St. Paul girl. I am. <laughs> I grew up part of St. Paul, so I should know a little bit about St. Paul. <laughs> yeah. So, Jolanta, is there a famous writer or a writer that you like or inspire? Or For me, it's been a while since I've read a book, but... I always go back to this book. It's Harry Potter for me, just because oh. of that time I grew up in that. Well, it hits you right genre. in the sweet spot, right when you're growing up. And yeah, because yeah. I remember always going to the midnight releases when the movies came out. And J.K. Rowling, I think, just dives in. I mean, Harry grew up kind of really poor and in a you know cover, no less. So it's like, yeah, this kid. I feel bad for him. Jeez, gets gets kicked down every time, but he's got these awesome magical powers, and I just. I just love kind of like the fantasy. I've also read uh, Lord of the Rings, which is very tough to read. Um, All the the way through. (laughs) Reading that is like a literary climbing Mount Everest. Yes. (laughs) Well, you start with The Hobbit first, because that's a shorter shorter book. And then you go into, you know, The Return of the King and The Two Towers in the first book. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's almost like you need a break or just decompress (laughs) after reading them. Right. I mean, you can't, read them all at once because they're so long but yeah, like right. maybe take it a month the only book that I haven't wanting to I haven't ever wanting to read is Twilight 
I will never read that book or watch that movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm actually guilty of reading the first okay. two books. So. so I would just have to keep laying hundreds on the table. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no Twilight. Yeah. Hey, My uh, least favorite. Um, I I just want to do want to say real quick. Uh, yeah. Like, like I would say like the one screen of a writer who has like influenced the way I write is probably Shane Black. Uh, I mean. I've seen like examples of how like he writes out his screenplays and everything, and I'm just yeah. like like I and I just like I thought it was like really cool, and you know, and I'm not saying like I I write the way he does, but mm-hmm. just like that's well, like, he he knows how to interject the action and knows how to quiet yeah, down, right. yeah, exactly, yeah, like he really just, balances it out. The way he? he describes everything is like is what is like really struck with me, and I try to like like do the same with my screenplays, so like the way he's descriptive. And Did you like the movie Nice Guys? Oh, I love the nice guys. That film, did, that film did not get enough attention when it came out. No, if, if we did this podcast when that movie came out, it would have been in my top ten. Yeah, it was. I think is one of those is a big commercial success, and the academics kind of like. Uh, yeah. Who's who is in? Is it Ryan, Ryan Gosling, Russell oh, Crowe, okay. Matt Bomer, uh, Keith da- Keith David, uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, that that girl from The Leftovers. Um, it has a little bit of like a Big Lebowski yeah. mystery to it. Where uh, the mystery is not really important. Oh yeah, it you sounds, know it's, it it's, it's like it's like it's like L.A. Confidential mixed ah. with the Big Lebowski, you know? Yes, <laughs> yes. Where the the mystery's driving the story, but we don't care yeah. if you solve the mystery yeah, or not. I mean, right? I mean, it's I mean, it's really more about the chemistry between these two guys. I yeah. mean, I mean, the part where the, like Ryan Gosling's in the stall and he keep, and he's like dropping his cigarette and he keeps trying to keep that the bathroom stall open. It was it I'll was great. That, that was that was a great acting piece. Like, that was yeah. like, and that's like that's like. Top notch Shane Black right there, you know, but but no yeah. one cares. They want more Iron Man free or or the Predator, you know, <laughs> or Captain so, Marvel. Have you have you you probably digest a lot of all of Shane Black, like the Last Boy Scout, yeah. Kiss that. Kiss Bang Bang, and yeah. all oh, that stuff. God, so wow. good, so good. And it's outrage. I think it's he's almost if you're not really film savvy, you almost tie him into Tarantino because mm. yeah. almost the top action, right? Car yeah. goes out through the house or yeah. football game, the guy pulls <laughs> right. a gun out, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, shit was nuts. But it's ex- exaggerated action, right? Yeah. Over and the he, top. And he's always said, and Shane Black, I've read a lot of interviews. He's like, as artists, you have to exaggerate. He yes. was like, it's an emphasis. Don't try to ground a reality. That's exaggerate. it. Yeah. Go over the top. Go off the wall. I mean, if yeah. go yeah. off the wall a little yeah. bit, it's allowed. Should be allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did like that in Iron Man three when Shane Black had a tattoo of. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I'm not saying like that film didn't have Shane Black's signature on it, but you could, but you could tell that it also had Marvel's uh, tiny, tiny fingerprints on there as well. No offense to Marvel, they they've done a great job so far. There was a huge gap in his whole progress in Mm. like a couple ten years, and somebody said, "Well, you're back now," and he's like, "Well, I never really left. I was working on this film project with Mel Gibson, and then Mel Gibson has huge famous meltdown." Down. Well, yeah. I'm, it was tied to this project that he yeah. tried to take off, and it just was. So he never really Poor went mouth. away, but he was so financially connected to this film right. and then everything, and then eventually dissolved that he was able to yeah. break away from the project and 
don't get involved yeah, yeah i'm not gonna lie i'm glad mel gibson's back you know? <laughs> Me too. I, I absolutely love his directing and, and everything he's and a very his, good director his, his acting of course is phenomenal but like i mean for a while it just seemed like he just like finally dug too deep of a hole but i'm glad we all back. have our meltdowns right <laughs> yes we yeah. do and then, of course when you do it in public it's it's kind of hard like, to bounce back a little bit hacksaw <laughs> ridge was amazing you know have, yeah. have, did you see that Yes, yeah. yeah. Like that part where... There's the Jap- certain things that just... <laughs> certain scenes that get etched in your brain. Yeah, like that that part where the Japanese soldier like grabs onto to the American soldier with the grenade and they're just screaming at each other. It's like, yeah. that is pure Mel Gibson style right there, you know? <laughs> like that is something Mel Gibson would put into his into his films, you know? So you guys do both filmmaking, photography, and writing. So when you watch somebody else's stuff, what pops first? Does the writing pop first or the scenes pop first? Honestly, probably the cinematography, you know, I mean, like... Especially with the language of film, right? Yeah, because, I mean, I, like, the first thing I always look at is the lighting and the way the camera moves. I'm right, just like, camera movements. Like, I know I should, like, I mean, at first it was, it was like, the writing and the acting, but, and, and the directing, but let's... But I guess, you know, the directing translates to all that. But it's always like, like now, like, cause, because I've been doing this for a while now, I, I like to pay attention to like how, it's, how the scene looks and everything. And just like, and when, and when I see how a scene is lit and how the camera moves and everything, it's just like, that is amazing right there. You know, it's like, that's yeah, what so is it? What's, what's the French academic term? Maison son. What's, yes. in, yes. what's in the scene yes right? exactly scene. exactly exactly I, yeah for me i think like making sure you know your actors also have good lines too because sometimes um i allow a little bit of improvision on set too if if the wording isn't right i'm okay with a, with a couple changes but not too big of changes on yeah. set when it, in the script and then that brings it more it adds a little bit more of to it. And then as far as the cinematography, um, making sure you have good locations because location's important to your script. Yeah. Very important. And I think nowadays, I think we're so inbred to like Kurosawa that we see it all the time, especially like some yeah. black movies that you get right. your action yeah. out first and you know Spielberg you and Lucas like that. You get your action out first and then you right. dial down and you get your story yep. and you pace it. Then you get your action out again. Yeah. That's that, it. We're so comfortable with that, but that was how Kurosawa made his movies, and yeah. we all, <laughs> yeah, that's how you get You're your summer right. popcorn flicks. You know, it's interesting. You know, um, sometimes when I watch a film, I like to care about like everything that's in there. But when you get filmmakers like uh, Zack Snyder or Guy Ritchie or even Michael oh, Bay, yeah, or good. even Michael Bay, sometimes sometimes you can forgive the lack of substance if there's like an over exaggeration of style because yeah. that's that's yeah. one thing I love about Guy Ritchie or Zack Snyder or Michael Bay films they really emphasize their style in films. That's what I was I trying think. to emphasize. You know, work on your style first. Yeah. A lot of people are going to criticize you that this is not your strong suit, but right. really emphasize this is what I do. This is right. Yeah, because I. I Go ahead. Because, uh, see, that's why what I really love about Zack Snyder and Guy Ritchie and Michael Bay is that they really care about about the aesthetics, mm-hmm. like, in their film. Like, yeah. they, like they, like, shoot the way they choose their shots, how they handle them, and, like, the settings and everything, I always think is really cool. Someone always told me that don't try to attempt to do everything all at once if you're directing, editing, writing, producing yeah. can be really hard when you should focus on what your strengths are and try to 
master that craft yeah. because it'll make it a lot easier. So for me, my husband and I do duo directing together. So he's either my AD or he's my director on set sometimes. It's well, kind of nice that way. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock always had his wife on set. Yes, exactly. So you could tell him, knock it off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he keeps me in tech and he keeps me online, on, on, you know, on point. So, cause yeah. he's very, he's very thorough and he's, he's, he likes it to get to the point and he's very good at that. So he's very, um, uh, logical as well. He's also analytical. So, <laughs> um, and I was going to say, going back to some of the inspirations, because you'd asked this earlier, some of the other movies that I kind of really liked that were out there these last few years, like American Hustle was one of my really good movies that I really loved. Oh, yeah. um, so, Relighting's yeah. Playbook. I like those ty- styles of movies because it feels like an easy flow. I've even watched um, Three Billboards. Uh, Missouri, I believe it's called. Yeah, three uh, billboards. Yeah, that of, was yeah. a beautifully made movie, and oh, I could God. see why it oh, was God. Oscar nominated for that time. Uh, and uh, film, man. Yeah, I that's love, something I would love to make. <laughs> for me, and I and, and I and like all aspects of the movie, but I yeah. thought the writing popped. Yes, out. the did. writing left me. Those are types of movies that leave a good impression on me. Even uh, I'll yeah. say a movie like The Green Book as well. Um, those are movies yeah. that have a good message and have good writing styles. Yeah. You know, the, it's interesting because the Green Book, like, they see, because Free Billboards and Green Book are two, like, completely different mm-hmm. films, especially, like, yep. how, how they end. But yep. yeah, but the writing is just, is top-notch in both of it them, is. you know? Yes. But you see, whereas, like, Free Billboards kept left me kind of sad at yes, the end. Yes, it did. Like, uh, Green Book left me full of hope and everything. Mm-hmm. But you see, it... With Green Book, I actually find myself going back and looking at that film more often than I do with Free Billboards. Not because it's a bad film; it's just I want to feel better. At mm-hmm. I want to feel better than I want to feel bad because there yeah. was a certain scene in Three uh, Three Billboards where you see the she was a victim of domestic mm-hmm. violence, yes. and then you see him That's come tough. in and to actually have a little bit of vulnerability to the ex husband who's obviously a bully. Obviously, right. a bad guy, but right. there's a little bit of humanism to him. Yes, I was like, that's perfect. Because I, I, when I watched it, I was like, oh, they're gonna make him just a starchy creep, creeper, which is so <laughs> easy to do. And it's like, there, but then they put a little bit of what a different way. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, even though he's repulsive. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But there's certain things that you. This guy actually looks like he could exist. You yeah. know what's really jerk. What yeah. I admire about Free Billboards too is the cin- cinematography was yeah. beautifully done. And in that, and yeah, Sa- yeah. and even Sam Rockwell, like his character, like he's yeah. like a complete like jerk, like throughout the <laughs> majority of the film. But like once you, you get to the end and you see That's his, his action, evolution, right? Like, you see, like, because see at the at the end, I was like. You know what? You're not too bad, dude. <laughs> you know, you're, you're actually not that bad. I yeah. do like the metaphor in the movie that the billboard's in front of her house. Yes. That this is her wall. Not only is it her wall and her shield, and she keeps but going it's back. also her vulnerability. Right. And every time you come to visit her, you have to go past the You have to go past statement. the billboards. Right. It's almost like her mission statement. Right, because yeah. she's trying to find her, her daughter yeah. or what happened to her daughter. Yeah. And the ending is as sad as it is it's real you know mm-hmm. that's right, yeah. it's i mean because you don't always get the bad guy you don't right. always you know and everything's always wrapped up in a nice little bowl and yeah like, exactly yeah i mean not to say 
like not to say the stuff in Green Book didn't happen, but you could tell like they may have exaggerated some things. I mean, but yeah. I mean, there has some stuff has been proven true. Like the tapes that they have, like online, you could like listen to those and some. Well, they were actually best friends in real life. Yeah, as well. yeah, there <laughs> are tapes of them of, of of the two guys who actually talk about like mm-hmm. their experiences, but. I'm just saying, like, with free billboards, like, when it comes to matters like that, yeah. like, that mm-hmm. usually is, that usually does end up being the case with, with, with situations like those, which is sad. But it's the reality of it. And, well, let's, I can hope, I hope one day we can, like, change that. But, yeah, right, me too. That, right now, that is the sad reality of some, of some situations like that. Have you seen- when you do a story, do you do extensive researching? Um, Sometimes I do a little bit. Depends on what story I'm. I'm interested in. Okay. It's honestly, I haven't, I feel like I haven't really done a story that requires me to do extensive, extensive research. Yeah. You're yeah. doing it like a different, like a, yeah, just inspiration, just like a little idea and stuff like right. that. Because the, the stuff I do, the stuff I write, it usually isn't like, like always based like in reality or, and the, and the stuff that is based in reality, I take off from my own personal experiences, right. you know? Well, your accountant thinks that anytime you watch a movie, you're researching, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that, yeah that, that's true, that's true. But, I was gonna say, like right now for me, I'm writing another script, another short film for uh, Z-Fest to put in there. And I have to do a little researching because it's about, ex-cons so ex-convicts who are re-entering to the workforce so it's a little bit interesting what you find and i'm like google please don't track me (laughs) um for how because it's tough for an ex-convict out there to get rehired because you're researching and and especially for me and i'm like i have constantly because i have I'm familiar with guns, so you have to research about guns and right. certain style, yeah. what prefers and what yep. does and whatnot. So it's almost like, like if my wife's like, what is this search history? Exactly. Like, <laughs> you have a very interesting and I like, no, 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 no. It's for the book, right? Yeah, yeah. In a long time, because I'm writing my book, I would have this note card that said seven reasons for murder and it would have like for profit, for humiliation, wow. I mean, just for fun and all this stuff. And my, and my wife come down here and she's like, uh, what nope, are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you know it's uh, the you know the probably most the easiest thing to research to write to write a movie for is probably uh, Christmas movies. You know, you just like yeah. they have like a dime a dozens of those on Hallmark, and you, there's like that boom. There's your there's your research right there. Yeah, <laughs> but I would love to write a Christmas movie one of these days. You know, I actually have an idea for like a Christmas Carol, like like, like a know, musical or just. Yeah, you know. no, like like a Christmas Carol, like okay. like like my own version of, like of a Christmas Carol, but uh, eventually I'd like to write it down. But again, you know, it's in here. You just got to get it out. Got to get it out. You got to work your hands. <laughs> right? It's in your brain. You got to work your hands out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I may touch on jackpot a little bit, because yes, that's sure. where um, my first inspiration for well, first, you know, I was hit badly with unemployment for a little while, so. I kind of drew my own real life inspiration for that film, and it talks about uh, talks a little, little bit about this um, addiction issue with gambling because that impacts gambling impacts a lot of people. And I want to emphasize to my listeners, if they're not familiar, you just did this. It's coming soon. It's already out. It's already out. Yep, it was jackpot. Jackpot. It's yeah. a short film at, about a young couple who uh, faces addiction with. Um, the boyfriend has an issue to gambling and so they are trying to fix their relationship issues 
and trying to get him help and trying to get him a job and um he kind of goes through all these emotions because he's also a former um felon so he committed you know committed a crime so now it's on his background forever so he can't get a job so I, that prevents him from getting hired so you have to figure hired. out some way to make money yep and exactly what's a way to make money well, gamble, gamble or you you know find other alternatives and because unemployment because employment is kind of tough especially it is. yeah for convicted uh, felons it, it sure is and yeah. so um, I was kind of inspired to write this and I wanted to also bring a little diversity to filmmaking because mm-hmm. I see the same faces sometimes and <laughs> I was just like who am I going to get to act in this I was like oh okay this is great that I have two great actors who are from different backgrounds and they nice. they were wonderful to work yeah. with I had a very a smaller crew to work with I've worked on larger crews and small crews and this was probably one of my favorite projects that I've done yeah. with this short uh, just curious mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to spoil uh, too much about it but uh, Ryan Gilmer's performance was that his <laughs> idea or was that in the script you wrote uh, originally it was not added in the script but he wrote that himself so I will okay. give him kudos it was pretty funny uh, yes. you got, if, if you want to know what we're talking about you got to watch you just got to watch the yeah there's a, there's a kind of a tribute to Tommy Wiseau, a character that Ryan sure. Gilmer created. We all know Tommy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he, he don't swell too much. Let me let me surprise. That's all and the, like the movie's called Jackpot. Um you're gonna probably we're gonna probably put the trailer yeah, on yes, the please. meta if they yes. wanna look for it. Um yes. I would have to say to Joe and Jolanda, thank you very much yes. for coming. I hope you guys had a yeah. blast talking about your <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I guess uh Want to give a quick shout out to Twin Cities Film Festival as well because they are having their gala September fifth at the Calhoun Beach Club, and would love to see people attend. They are looking for volunteers if yes. you're interested. And membership, please, please do join. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, look up uh, "Scream It Off Screen" uh, uh, film competition on Facebook. They have they you can submit your films for free there, and it's only like. 10 bucks to see a film there and it's a really it, they're really fun screenings it's called scream it off screen um competition. minneapolis competition um yeah get your movie shown at parkview the movie theater yeah, yeah. yeah. And cast prizes are involved and uh like i said the film screens are really fun really interactive and everything yeah next next screens in september feel Wonderful. free to follow me on instagram and on my imdb yeah uh, uh my also, feel free to follow me on TikTok, and which is at Dutra Pictures, and my Instagram, which is also at Dutra Pictures. Uh, by the way, uh, Dutra is spelled D-U-T-R-A. Again, that's D-U-T-R-A. Also, my Twitter is at Dutra underdash or underline Joseph, and my YouTube channel is my name, Joseph Dutra. Again, one more time. D-U-T-R-A. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank and of you, course, Nick. it's not over till the guests say it's over. That's a wrap. <laughs> it's over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs>